When I was young, I had all sorts of amazing things that I someday wanted to have on my resume. What I did not anticipate was all the crazy things that would end up on my resume of life experience. Things like, well, chicken farmer, or let's just step back and say farmer's wife. I did not expect to be able to put cow midwife on my resume either. Life throws us these unexpected curveballs that become a part of our life experience, and well, last week I had yet one more experience that I can officially add to my resume, and that is that I am a dog rescuer. Yes, my journey, Grace and I had this moment where unexpectedly we got to save not just one but two dog lives. It was a pretty profound moment, but as I was reflecting on it later, my question was, God, what do you have to say to me about my life, about our lives, through what happened? I felt like He gave me an answer, and I want to tell you about the story. And what I felt like God told me. So stick around. I'm going to cue the intro, and then we'll be right back for me to tell you about the dog rescue of January 2023 and family discipleship 102. Discipleship starts with a conversation. Sometimes that's easy, but sometimes we're not sure where to even begin. This podcast is created to inspire us about scriptures and relevant topics, so that we can walk closer with Jesus and then have meaningful biblical conversations with those God has entrusted to us. Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and I'm the founder of the Family Disciple Me Ministry. We believe that no matter what our age or stage in life, devotion. And discipleship are God's calling on every one of His followers as we seek Him, speak Him together. So let's skip the intimidation and get straight to the conversation. When I first started the Family Disciple Me Ministry, I remember one of the very first events that I was at. I had set up a display table and I had handouts and business cards, and I was trying to talk to different people about the concept of discipling the next generation, and not just our own kids, but all those God has entrusted to us. Well, I will never forget the interaction that I had with one woman when I told her about the Family Disciple Me ministry. She looked at me and point blank said, "Well, my daughter's eighteen. I'm past that stage." Her snarky response literally took my breath away. I was stunned that somebody would be so abrupt and so condescending about something that is an intricate part of God's word. Because here's the thing: discipleship isn't just supposed to be an age or a stage or a phase. Discipleship is to be a lifestyle. Like we talked about in Family Discipleship 101, God told His people way back in the Pentateuch in Deuteronomy that He wanted them to tell their children about Him. But then, from the Old Testament, we move into the New Testament, and in the New Testament, God takes discipleship to the next level. It's not just about teaching our children or our grandchildren. God wants us to tell others, whether we're biologically related to them or not. He wants us to go make disciples of all nations. 
After Jesus' resurrection, he invited his disciples to join him on the mountain, and there he taught them many things. He commissioned them. He sent them to go. And then in Acts 1.8, he says this, You will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, as I read those verses, and as I talk about this, I bet you're wondering what this has to do with the great dog rescue of January 2023. So let me back up and tell you the story. It was a wintry day last week. It's been cold in Colorado. There's been a lot of snow. And this year, for some reason, the snow has turned to ice and the ice has refused to melt. So we have this long-standing layer of ice all over our farm and in the creek that runs around our farm. Well, last week, my daughter, Journey Grace, and I were heading out to take her to school. She's in driver's ed, so she was in the driver's seat learning how to drive, and I was in the passenger seat. And as we crossed over our bridge to get her to school, I looked to my right downstream, and I could see these two dark objects that were like standing up out of the creek. And I said, Journey Grace, stop for just a second. I can't tell what that is. So she stopped and I'm looking at these two dark figures and realized it was two dogs that were in the creek. They were far enough downstream that we couldn't tell if they were playing and having fun and in there on purpose or if they were in trouble We couldn't tell until I rolled down the window and I could faintly hear their cries. I said, Journey Grace, I need to go figure out if we can help them. So I jumped out of the truck. She drove it up to the cul-de-sac to park it. And as she was doing that, I began to make my way through the brush and and the snow and the, the mud to get over to them to realize that these two dogs, they were holding on to the ice with their front paws, and they were very much in distress. Now, one thing I know about animals in distress is that they can be dangerous. You never know if they're going to attack the person who's trying to help them. But in that moment, I felt like we at least had to try. Thing was, this ledge of ice was between us so that in trying to get them, I didn't have a rope. I didn't have anything except just my bare hands to try to get to them. And I didn't want to be pulled into the water and sucked downstream. And I certainly didn't want that to happen to Journey Grace. But still, I stood there and I evaluated the circumstances and decided that it was worth the risk. I was going to at least try. So I leaned over the ice and I grabbed the first paw and I kept talking to the dog to try to get him to give me his second paw. And finally, I got those two front paws and I kept pulling and pulling and I got him out. Poor dog. He was frozen. And just about that time, Journey Grace got around to me and she was able to start trying to get the second dog out. And that dog, Boy, it was not doing well at all. I really feel like these two dogs were on the edge of slipping away and just floating downstream and drowning. But she was able to get the first paw and then the second paw of the second dog and yank and yank and yank and finally get that one out. I think the four of us had a moment there of just almost collapsing there on the side of the creek, breathless at what just had happened and at what 
could have happened. We figured that they had escaped from their home and they had been playing down by the creek and gotten too close to the ice and literally fell into that freezing water and were clinging for dear life. And we came by on the bridge at the exact moment that they needed rescue before it was too late. It is not an exaggeration to say that because we stopped, their lives were saved. We eventually found their owner And her first words were, praise God. Turns out we were the answer to her prayer. Journey Grace definitely had the best tardy excuse ever because she saved two lives. We did a lot of talking about it on the way to school. And then after I picked her up from school later that day, why was it that that happened? We lived at the farm for 17 years now. We've never had a moment like that. And we are certainly grateful that we were able to help rescue those two dogs. One of them was just a seven-month-old Bernese dog, beautiful pup. The other was a beautiful dog. Certainly saving the lives of two dogs is important. It was a really special, profound moment for us. It was bonding for us. But I couldn't help asking God, is there more to this story for me? that you want me to understand or know? What is it that you're trying to say to me that you had me be a part of that rescue? And as I pondered and as I prayed over that situation, I felt like God pointed out that we could have kept driving over that bridge and we could have looked at those dogs and said, not my dog, not my problem. But because we made somebody else's pups our problem, those dogs are alive today. Those dogs will live, hopefully, a long, happy life, and their owner's prayers were answered. And I began to think about that in light of discipleship. I believe that the most important responsibility for parents and for grandparents is to disciple and mentor and spiritually guide the children and the grandchildren that God has entrusted to them. But then beyond that, family goes further than just nuclear or biological, or adoptive. In the family of God, he calls us to go beyond our Jerusalem. He wants us to go into Judea and into Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the world. He wants us, if I can use this phrase, to make somebody else's pups our problem. Not that it's a problem, but what does it look like for us to make somebody else's kids, somebody else's young adults matter? My husband and I are at the stage of life where four of our five children are now grown up. They don't live at home year round. So we just have Journey Grace at home with us. But last week, we had the privilege of having a couple young girls come eat dinner with us, 20, 21. And we got to sit around the table and talk about what's happening in their lives. We got to celebrate the birthday of one. And that is an example of the family extending beyond just biology and extending into making other people's lives matter in the kingdom of God. We can make other people matter by having them over for dinner. We can make other people matter by teaching a Sunday school class or helping care for babies in the nursery. We can make other people matter by hosting a life group or a small group or intentionally spending time reaching out to a certain family or individual or or teenager. There's so many ways that we can get out of the truck and make other people matter 
in Jesus' name. When we make someone else's pups our problem, we never know how God may use us in their lives. Because Journey Grace and I stopped on that bridge, we were able to help another woman save two lives. We were the answer to her prayers because unbeknownst to her, we were at the exact right place at the exact right time. And I think that even more so, even more important than dog rescues, which are amazing, God positions us in his divine providence to have divine appointments along life's way where we can help make somebody else's people matter in the name of Jesus. I believe this must be an intentional mindset and that it should be a part of an intentional lifestyle. But sometimes I also think it can be lived out in very unexpected ways. Just last week, which come to think of it, last week was pretty profound. As I was simply out and about and doing errands, I ran into one of my friend's daughters whom I've been interceding for for multiple months now. And God orchestrated our paths to have this divine appointment so that she would see me and walk up to me and give me a hug and I could hug her and encourage her and speak life and and breath and health into her for months I've been making my friend's daughter matter in my life, in my prayer journey, and then all of a sudden, unexpectedly, God threw open the doors so that I should randomly, and I say that in quotes, run into her as I'm out and about. It was an amazing, profound moment that he actually used to encourage my heart so much. I was able to make somebody else's daughter matter. I was able to invest in somebody else's family. Not a part of my biological family, but a part of the family of God. And I believe that's what it means for us to make disciples in Jerusalem and then in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. If you will, I call that Family Discipleship 102. 101 starts in our own homes, our own families, but 102 is about the family of God. To put it inside the analogy of what happened to Journey Grace and I last week, instead of just driving by other people's families and other people's kids, other people's young adults or teenagers or or extended family, instead of just driving on past that and ignoring it like it's not our problem, we stop. We get out of the truck. We walk through the brush and the weeds and, and we take a risk to reach out and see if we can help. We never know when somebody might be clinging to the ice in their life. We never know when somebody else's teenager might be on the precipice of some really bad decisions. We never know when there's a young adult who may be just about to slip away in despair, in discouragement because of what's happening in their lives. We never know when perhaps there's a young mom that is so discouraged she doesn't even know where to begin. We never know when the parent of a prodigal is just about to give up hope. But when we stop When we inconvenience ourselves for the sake of somebody else, that's when we begin to live the epic of Family Discipleship 102. That's when we begin living Christ's call in Acts 1-8 to not just stay in our Jerusalem, but go to Judea and Samaria 
and even to the other side of the world. Oh, friend, God wants us to care for more people than just our immediate family. He wants us to make other people matter, too. We can drive on by because they're not our problem. We can keep going because, well, it's inconvenient to stop. We can avoid it because we know it's risky or that interaction could even be dangerous. We can ignore people or situations or relationships because we know it's going to get messy. Or we can stop when we feel prompted. We can pray when the Spirit tells us to pray. We can engage when He tells us to be a part of something. We may just even save a life or two. I think that's what engaging discipleship is all about. People may just be clinging to a chunk of ice. They may be about to drown, and us stopping and caring and speaking Jesus can change everything about them. Friends, let's be that kind of people. Let's be people who make others matter. That's Family Discipleship 102, making people matter in Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you as you do this. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you as you extend that grace to others. And may He turn His countenance toward you. And as you turn your countenance and look beyond the immediate people around you to see the people He's sending you to bless, may He give you peace. Now go. If you see somebody downstream and the Spirit of God tells you to stop, then get out of the truck, go through the brush, and help them in the name of Jesus. God bless you, friend. I can't wait to hear your story.